If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, there's some in the back, and you're welcome to take one home with you if you don't have one. We're going to be just uh, circling back here to, to John, chapter 15. We've been going through the Gospel of John, and the last couple of weeks we've been in, in chapter 21, but we're just going back a little bit because as we've gone through the whole scene of Jesus uh, going to Gethsemane and the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, we want to go back and just focus on a couple of things that Jesus actually talked about that are life-changing, and hopefully today we're going to spend some time just focusing on a couple of things that can actually help us to live a more abundant, more fruitful life, where Jesus said in John 15, and he actually shared with us one of his I am statements. And if I was to ask you this morning, uh, what, if you could just bring, bring to remembrance some of the things that Jesus said in his life, he said things like, I am the door. He said things like, I am the good shepherd. He said things like, I am the way. And this morning, we're going to focus on the words where Jesus said, I am the vine. Now, he didn't say he was a tomato vine, and we'll get back to this in a, in a moment. And those of you that are on live stream, maybe you'll catch some of this as well today, the illustration that we're going to share as we go along. But uh, before we get too far into it, I wonder how many of you knew that, uh, that we actually have a gardening celebrity in this church. D did you know that? How many know uh, Trevor Philbrook, who's on our leadership council here in our church? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Trevor, who's part of the leadership team of, of Oceanside Community Church, uh, before the pandemic, and, and I never would have guessed this when I met Trevor, Trevor started a Facebook page on gardening, and it's called Gardening on Vancouver Island. And uh, I'm just curious, how many of you are a part of that that, uh, oh, look at that. Anyway, I just found out this week about this site, and he has over 14,000 followers. Like, this guy is a celebrity when it comes to gardening here on Vancouver Island. And, uh, and, and uh, in fact, when I looked at some of the stats, because I just signed up myself this week, and I was waiting desperately to see whether they were actually going to let me into the group. Because when you sign up, it says, it says um, okay, you know, like it's pending your approval. And they want to check out, check your passport and all this stuff, whatever they do. And finally, at the end of the day, I was approved. And I, I made it into the group. But they had 60 new followers just this week. And, and I just thought that was absolutely amazing that we actually, I, I actually know a gardening celebrity here in Vancouver Island. Um, but here's my question. Why, why are there so many followers? Are they following it because of Trevor's good looks? Um, I don't know about that. Maybe. I, here's my thought. The reason that there are so many followers on this particular Facebook page is because, let's face it, and those of you who are gardeners this morning, how many gardeners here today? Let's face it. The reason so many people follow a site like this is because gardeners love to grow things. Am I right? Gardeners love to, to grow things. They're always looking for tips. They're always looking for ideas. They want to, you know, whether it's growing flowers. In fact, 
coming from the prairies where Wayne, my friend, lives, um, we used to think of gardening as only potatoes and growing corn or something. Here on Vancouver Island, gardening is everything else, like flowers that you can't eat, but whatever. Um, so, uh, so whether it's growing flowers or vegetables or tomatoes, gardeners just want to find out how can we do this better? How can we grow bigger? How can we grow better? You know, And uh, this is a tomato that I grew in my backyard back a couple years ago, and I just had to take a picture of it. And isn't that amazing? Gardeners, the, the other thing about gardeners, they love to actually put on display the things that they grow. That's why you have fall fairs and all that kind of stuff, so that you can show off the fruit. And um, anyway, so here in John chapter 15, we see Jesus walking with his disciples, and it just so happens he comes across a vineyard. And there's this beautiful vineyard, and Jesus never wanting to waste a good opportunity to teach something, he stops and he says to his disciples, he says, look at that vineyard. He said, that vineyard is a picture of me and my father and you. And so we're going to just pick it up here in John chapter 15 this morning, and we're going to just read a couple of verses, two, uh, two or three verses here, and then we'll, uh, we'll make some references to it today. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 1, one of his I am statements, he said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener or the vine dresser. And it says, and he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And then down to verse 8. It says, And this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And as Paul shared this earlier, now remain in my love. I love this, this one verse here where it says, and this, where Jesus said, this is to my Father's glory. The gardener, the master gardener, the vine dresser, this is to his glory that you bear much fruit. And this morning, just as, just as you and I love to show off our big tomatoes, even more, Jesus, our Heavenly Father, loves to show off the beautiful fruit, you as his fruit. And I couldn't help, even this morning, as we were praying for Sheila's family, that Sheila is an example to us this morning of someone who put on display beautiful fruit and the fruit of her life will remain. How many will say amen to that this morning? The beautiful fruit that grew and was nurtured in her life by the master gardener, the vine dresser, is something that we are celebrating from Sheila's life today. And so the question today that we want to focus on for a few minutes is, what does abundant fruitfulness require? 
What, what, what's involved? What's needed? Well, the first thing that is required if we're going to bear abundant fruit is, number one, continual pruning. Verse 1 says, my father is the gardener. My father, Jesus said, is the vine dresser. That's actually what he was referring to. And I don't know if, how many people here have ever worked in a vineyard or who have ever studied what, a, what happens in a vineyard. Uh, or in some ways, this is a, a bit of a picture, although I couldn't bring a vineyard, but I could bring a tomato plant this morning. One of the things that you'll see, a, vine, a, a vine dresser, the person who works in the vineyard, has to pay very careful attention to the vines that they are being, that, are, that not only are they growing, but they are growing in such a way, the pruning that takes place, the, 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 the meticulous care, all intended for one purpose, and that is to help that vine bear more fruit. And I love what the Amplified Bible says in verse 2. If, you, if you're following, it'll sound a little different than maybe your Bible this morning. But it says here in John 15, verse 2, it says, Any branch in me that does not bear fruit or stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses. And listen to these words. Repeatedly prunes, repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. That's, that kind of bothers me because you would think that something that's already bearing fruit, why would you want to prune it? But the point is, is that continual pruning, even pruning something that looks good, even pruning that's something that's healthy, actually leads to even greater fruitfulness. It says, he continually, repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear even more richer and more excellent fruit. How many want richer and excellent fruit in your life? Absolutely. And so this is what we see the vine dresser. This is what we see our father doing. Friends, I want you to know he meticulously cares for each and every one of you here this morning. Jesus, the vine, our Father, the vine dresser, meticulously cares for you, Pastor Paul and Karen. He meticulously cares for you, Rio. He meticulously cares for each and every one of us this morning. I was even thinking about this even in, in reference to Oceanside Church and how that over these last number of years, Oceanside Church has experienced tremendous fruitfulness. Even you see the little ones up here at the front. That's kind of the multiply and be fruitful side of things, okay? But my point is this morning, this church has experienced some tremendous fruitfulness. But even as churches, we experience times where there's some pruning, there's things that might happen in our lives, in our, in our family, which will actually increase our fruitfulness going forward. And sometimes it can be painful at times. And Jesus said, he, his heart for, for us was that we would be more fruitful. And so 
Why do we continually prune? What's the purpose of it? And how does it happen? Well, the Bible says that one of the ways that God does his pruning in our lives is through the word of God. In fact, in verse 3 here in John chapter 15, look at what it says. It says, and you are already clean. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, and you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. You see, Jesus had been walking with his disciples for a number of years now, three years now already. And he had already been addressing things in their lives. How many know that sometimes the, the disciples weren't exactly, um, you know, always on their best behavior? And sometimes they were, they struggled with pride. They, you know, one time they said, you know, they were trying to determine who was going to, who was going to have the highest place in the kingdom. And Jesus said, you know, he had to talk to them about pride. He had to talk to them about humility. He had to talk to them about what it means to become a servant rather than to be, you know, the big cheese. And Jesus had to address a number of things to them. He had to talk to them about forgiveness. He had to talk to them about what it means to, to love deeply. And so he said, you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. And these disciples were receiving the word Hebrews 4 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than a double-edged sword, and it penetrates even the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrows. And the word of God, it says, judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Pruning can be simple, like, I know you can't see it from where you are, but can be very simple, like taking a little sucker off down in the corner here. If I let this thing grow that I just pulled off, it would eventually cause a stem to come out like this. This could become like this. And all it's going to do is going to rob that plant of fruitfulness. And so the pruner, the master pruner, meticulously goes through each and regular, in my, at my place, our place, Often, I have to go out every week and do a few little pruning. And it's hard. Some of the hardest ones is to take a beautiful plant, a beautiful stem like this, and I'm looking at it, and there's blossoms on it already, just ready to explode with fruit. But in order to increase the fruitfulness, I need to do that. Oh, that hurt. How many know what I'm talking about? Did I kill the vine? No. But am I going to allow that plant to become more fruitful? Yes. You're going to wonder, why did he do that? You see, I want to say something this morning. That the word of God both comforts and confronts. And there's going to be times in our lives where there's something that has to be removed from our lives in order for us to experience even greater fruitfulness. Sometimes it might involve the taking out some dead wood. I just did this yesterday. I had a vine, a clematis, that was growing beautifully 
Last year at this time of the year, it was just exploding. But for whatever reason, something, some disease got into that plant. And it had to be removed. It had to be cut out. It was hard. It was hard to start cutting away. But how many know this morning that sometimes if you leave something in your life that is potentially going to be destructive or harmful, maybe it's a, a negative attitude or it's maybe bitterness or resentments or unforgiveness, anything like that can potentially rob you of being the fruitful person that Jesus intended you to be. And so the scripture is there, it's there to help us. It's there to help us deal with those things that need to be removed from our life. My wife, Anne, recently went through a surgery where she, where she had her thyroid taken out. And it was a very difficult decision because she was going to be losing a part of her body that was natural and it produced natural hormones and then for the rest of her life it will be replaced by something that's synthetic. And it took probably two or three months trying to make that hard and difficult decision. But you know what? When the surgeon went in, he discovered that the cancer that had started to form in her thyroid had actually attached itself to her vocal cords and unless that cancer, unless that would have been removed, and he had to do it so very, very carefully, she potentially could have lost her voice. And so now as a result of that surgeon who had nothing but her best interest and her best care, that was removed. And I have my wife and I have her voice. And how many are thankful to God for that this morning? But it was because of something that was removed. And while it was painful, and there's been recovery time, and there's been rehab time, so much good fruit will come out of that decision that was made. And so we could spend a lot of time talking about, about pruning. The second thing I want to say this morning that is required if we're going to experience abundant fruitfulness, and that is the continual remaining. And we see this here in John chapter 15. It's interesting, you could do it, you could go through it and count, but 10 times Jesus uses the word remain. Just in a few verses, he uses that word remain, which means to stay there, don't go anywhere, stay put. Jesus said in verse four, he said, remain in me and I as I also remain in you, for no branch can bear fruit by itself. You know what? This plant that I took off, you know, it's going to just wither and die because it's no longer attached. Even though I pruned it, it, it's also a picture that it will not survive without the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now remain, verse 9 says, now remain in my love. Remain. I just want to make a little distinction here. 
Because sometimes I think we maybe see it differently. Jesus said, remain in my love. He didn't say, he didn't say just stay, remain in love with Jesus. He said, remain in my love. And there's a difference. Just like in a marriage, you know, we can focus in a marriage where we talk about just being in love with each other. And oftentimes it's based on good feelings and, oh, I just feel so loving today. I'm hooked on a feeling, you know, that old song from way back in Wayne's Day. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, like sometimes just, oh, I'm so in love with you, sweetie. And it's often tied to emotions and feelings. And it's great to have the feelings and emotions. Don't get me wrong. It's a good thing. But it's an even deeper love when we choose to love, not just be in love. And the beauty of what Jesus is calling to us is not subject to feelings and changing emotions, but this second kind of love is a much deeper love. It's based on what is unchanging. It's a love that's based on choice. It's a love that's based on a deep, deep, deep union. And that's the kind of love that Jesus is referring to here. He's referring to this beautiful, deep relationship between Jesus and his Father. As the Father is in me, so am I in you. It's a deep relationship that's based on choice. How many are glad this morning that Jesus didn't just die on a cross because he felt like it? He did it because of love, and it, was invo it involved a choice. A choice that even though he knew suffering was in front of him, he chose. It was a deep love. And I love the way C.S. Lewis, Lewis puts it. Love is a deep unity that is maintained by the will and deliberately strengthened by habits. There's a deep unity that comes with remaining in Jesus' love. There's a, there's, a, there's a deep unity that comes by staying deep in the depths of the, of the life of the vine. And it can, abundant fruitfulness can only happen by continual pruning and continual remaining, continually being connected and when we talk about some of the, the habits that can help us remain, I'm thinking of things like just spending time alone in God's presence. That helps us to remain. Habits like drawing near. The Bible says if we draw near to, near to God, he will draw near to us. Habits like meditation on God's word, habits like continual prayer and having conversations and learning to hear God's voice, even gathering together helps us to remain. You know, I've often said, even when it comes to marriage, uh, marriages don't typically fall apart, they drift apart. And likewise, even when it comes to our relationship with God, it's not that God, it's not that Jesus moves, we often move. 
And that's why it's so good that we can come together, whether it's in person, hopefully more in person, but those online, even those who have intentionally joined us online today, there's something about gathering together, being connected together. The whole picture here is something that's all connected. Because as soon as we become disconnected, we wither and die. How many want to be fruitful this morning? How many want to have the life blood of Jesus flowing through your spirit, through your life? It all comes through being connected. I want to close this morning and invite Landon to come back. I want you just to bow your head with me for a moment. I want us to just take a moment to reflect and I want you to think about ways that your heavenly father has been has demonstrated his loving and meticulous care in your life the master gardener the vine dresser I want us right now if you want to just take your hands and just put them out like this just say thank you father for you for caring for my life thank you father for paying attention to every detail of my life. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your continual trimming and pruning in my life, even when it hurts. Thank you for helping me to deal with that unhealthy, harmful attitude or habit Even those areas of sin, your word reminds me that I need to lay aside every sin that so easily entangles me and can strangle the life out of me. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. I want, to, I want you just as we wrap things up this morning, I want you to ask yourself this question. Say, Heavenly Father, Master Gardener, the vine dresser of my life, are there any dead or diseased areas in my life that need to be cut out? Would you show them to me? Would you take your pruning shears and do what needs to be done Father I say yes to your pruning Father is there ask, ask the Father right now just in your own heart say is there anything that is hindering my life is there anything that's hindering me from becoming more fruitful is there an area where I've pulled away, where I've disconnected, where I've not remained, where I'm not in intimacy or union with you, Jesus? Father, this morning, I come back to you. Jesus, as an act of my will, I say yes to you, Jesus. Jesus, I want to remain in you this morning.
We thank you now. Help us, Lord. 